When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. This week, well, it's Detroit for the Rocket Mortgage Classic, and we will talk about that in a few minutes. Elk, we were so close to three outright winners in a row at the Travelers Championship. Keegan Bradley winning by three in the end. It all started to unfold for him towards the end. And Patrick Cantley, man, he had his chances. He could have been three better over the last three holes, but... Say la vie, you almost had it again. Well, I think uh, Keegan Bradley had it again. He's the one that had it. When you get six strokes ahead, Diane, you're trying to tiptoe your way in and trying to play somewhat of conservative just to sort of, you, you realize that you're, gonna, you're probably going to win this tournament if you just don't go into the water or whatever. And it's not the easiest position because you've had your brain set on one position all, all week. And now you're like, hey, I've got this. Just stay cool. There's a few holes we got to get across the water and so on. But, you know, I didn't, you know, I had Cantley, as you know, for three in a row, but I never felt like Cantley was in it. Not, not what you just said. I think it was all Bradley, too much Bradley. He was motivated from this tournament from the start of the week. He putted great. He had his kids there. He's always wanted to win this tournament. And that little piece of an equation right there is, is hard to uh, quantify into how a player's mindset wants to win. You can do the stats all day long, but if you have a guy that's so motivated by another area of his life, it changes a lot of things. And he'd missed the cut at the US Open, played mini golf with his kids at the weekend before heading to Hartford for the Travelers. And, you know, things like that, you have to have a short memory. So the, the pain of missing the cut at the US Open, you have a great time with your kids, you kind of forget about it and you look ahead to the next week. And as you say, having them there and his wife meant so much to him. It was the tournament he always wanted to win. But you know me, I love a dramatic ending and Cantley really had the potential to push him, put a little bit of extra pressure on, potentially take it to a playoff. But, um, you know, you had picked him as your outright favourite. It's a, a course that he's always played really really well on it was a, a great week and we had a lot of guys kind of back and forth we'll talk about maybe one of them a little bit later on but you know we love the travelers um i saw that you commented on a, a tweet because they actually made miniature trophies for keegan bradley's sons and you know you always say they go above and beyond they always have done for the players and their families and it was so cool to see that yeah, and, you know, at the beginning of the week last week, we predicted that the winner would come out of a group of statistics of hitting tons of greens and putting well, and that was, that was it. The three guys, the four guys, the five guys, the six guys, actually nine of the 11 guys that finished in the top 11 dominated those two stats. So that combination really works really well at Hartford. Mm -hmm. Tricky bit is to get them in form and get him going that direction, but uh, getting a lot of looks at Hartford, being a good putter, is really the formula. Yes, and of course, Hartford is going to bring out trophies for the kids, Diane. I mean, they've been doing stuff 
for my kids long after I was gone from the tour. So amazing, amazing company. They really like being on the tour. They really uh, like to entertain their, their hometown crowd. They like to put a lot of money into the uh, community and they really, you know, go over backwards for the players. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, great crowds. I think we're going to see great crowds again this week because the PGA Tour is in Detroit for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Detroit Golf Club. Um, you know, I'm starting to think about Scottish Open in a couple of weeks and then the Open Championship, obviously, in England this year. But we do have some of the bigger names playing this week. Um, Tony Finau is back as defending champion. Justin Thomas, who had a great week finally at the Travellers last week. He managed to shake some stuff off. Colin Max Homa in the field this week. Um, I said that Tony Finau won last year. We've had a real mix of past champions here and we'll dive into that. But my favourite story came in 2019. Nate Lashley was the last man in the field as an alternate and he was so late getting in that a lot of the sports books didn't even have odds for him before he teed off on Thursday and he went on to win at 25 under par so we're gonna have a shootout this week but you know that was just a great story and it shows that this is the kind of course that can really be very open when it comes to a winner. Yeah it's a Donald Ross course Diane it's slightly tricky though. There's a big trees. I had a big storm that went through. I was looking on some of the videos cutting down some big trees that were damaged last night. But, you know, Donald Ross was the master at making angles. And the last three champions here, Tony Finnau, Cam Davis, and Bryson DeChambeau, Bryson did it slightly different than everyone else. He he didn't hit any greens. He he was awesome at chipping and putting that, that week. He finished first and second in chipping and putting. That hasn't been his game probably since then, then. but Finau and Davis, they drove the heck out of the ball at this course. So what that tells me, Diane, is there's some angles that you have. If you get into, into the fairway, you can come in and play it. If you get off, the Donald Ross is well known for perched up and, and offset angle greens where you can't really get in there. I remember watching it a couple of years ago, lots of little dips and drop-offs and nasty little places to chip from and just – a typical Donald Ross masterpiece. Um, but basically, Diane, it's driving and putting the, the two things that I'm focused on this week. If you take the three winners I just spoke of and the guys that finished second and third each of those years and we push them all together, they all were excellent in off the tee and putting. So mm -hmm. that was the difference. Yeah. And guys that can make birdies because, you know, we said late last, Nate Lashley went 25 under. Finau won last year at 26 under par. So it's going to be a really low scoring event. I mean, um, the cut is going to be what, like minus three, minus four, minus five, somewhere around about there. So um, the guys are going to have to get off to a super low start. But as you say, you know, this course, it's um, a Donald Ross course. Yeah, it's tricky. It's the flattest course that the guys play on the PGA Tour, but it's 7,300. 70 yards places a par 72 um and yeah the, the you look back at the stats and great putters great off the tee um lashley did it a little bit different only because he's a lot shorter than bryson than cam davis and tony fina matt wolf was right behind bryson's heels when he won um but he had a great approach game approach and putting for him were the two major stats but tree-lined fairways kind of wide fairways but accuracy is obviously going to come into it 
Um, a few water hazards, the fourth hole, 635 yard par five. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a gem of a course. And as I said, the fans are going to be out in their droves in Detroit to really support this tournament. Yeah. And when I say driving is a really important factor, like last week, driving wasn't one of the stats that we were focused on. You could drive it way down there like Rory and be in the rough a little bit and still play the golf course. But when I say driving is one of the two most important this week, I'm sort of thinking about that if you hit a good drive on this hole, it, it unlocks the hole. It gives you an opportunity to play the hole you want to. Think of number 18 at TPC Sawgrass. If you hit the if you hit the fairway at 18 at TPC Sawgrass, you've kind of unlocked the hole. You've played the hardest piece of the hole, and now you can attack the pin. If you're in the right rough, you can't really do anything. Of course, there's water left. So when I talk about off the tee being very important, Diane, I'm talking about sort of unlocking the potential of you to play the course. Okay. The position. Those angles. Position. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Well, this week... Um, you know, we're obviously picking our outright winners, our ones to watch and our dark horses. I gave you the kind of highlight guys that are going to be teeing it up this week. But, you know, th this tournament's actually being held at a different time of year. So I remember last year thinking this was such an important one because we were so close to the FedEx Cup playoffs where the 125 would advance. This year it's being held a month earlier, but we're still very close to the FedEx Cup playoffs and the fact that it's the top 70 this year and not the 125. So guys, yes, the 125 is always going to be an important number, but they have the rest of the year to play to get within that group. It's the top 70 that make the playoffs and it's always tight round about this time as we look to the final major of the year. Yeah, the 125 keeps your job for next year. Top 70 gets you more money this year. That's, yeah. that's the way we think of it as tour players. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, let's get into our picks this week because um, a bit of a, a diverse field, so it's fun to really troll through it, pick out some names, really look at those stats. I will let you start with your outright favourite because I I forgot who you're picking. I don't know who you're going with this week. <laughs> well, I think they have a big tour meeting tomorrow too on the, on the Saudi deal. <clears throat> I'm sort of looking at this field, Diane, I'm, I'm actually even considering people that are less distracted by that decision or that less distracted by going to that meeting and being dominated the talking points at the course today. Uh, someone that's maybe not that worried about what's going to happen because they're a tour player and they just want to get on with their business and they're tired, to talk, tired of talking about it. But I will tell you this, Diane, and by the way, we have had a lot of success in our picking and it's no surprise, there's 83% of the wins that have been won on the PGA Tour in 2023, Diane, have been won by 72 players. Yeah. So we know who they are, and we're not going to tell you the recipe that they have that where they keep coming out of, but I'm going to tell you this, all three of mine this week are inside of that top 72. One of them is a long shot. Um, but I'm looking at off the tee, Diane, and putting. Those are my two that I'm focused on, and I'm looking at the best possible available combination of those two stats the best possible available that's not distracted this week is some jm he's been you know hanging around all year diane hasn't really overextended himself too much he was in 
Korea where he won and then blew the PGA by trying to fly back and doing all that. But I got a feeling about some Jay, he's 18th in off the tee and he's 50th in putting. Uh, those two, that's just a powerful combination, Diane. So that's my pick up top this week. You're going to tell me his odds because I think it's 20s. Yeah, 20 to 1. Do you yeah. know, I am going to keep checking though because yesterday I was having a look at the odds and the, <laughs> the difference between different bookmakers was crazy yesterday. So I'm going to do like a live check as we're recording the show to make sure that yeah, you know, we're getting the best ones because there was a few guys that I'm like, why are their odds so short? Um, but obviously, Sungjae is going to be up the top, 20 to 1, um, I think is the average. Let me just double check this. Yeah, 22 to 1, I can find him at. That's the best. So Okay, I'll take it. Not bad, not bad. My guy is way less than that. He is 14 to 1. And uh, this... This is the fairy tale pick, and he's actually the favourite with a lot of the odds makers this week. Um, him, Tony Finau, and Colin Morikawa. But I am going to go with Ricky Fowler. It's got to be his week, right? <laughs> like, it has to all come together at some point. And he had another good week at the Travellers, finished 13th in the end. It's his ninth top 17 finish in his last 10 starts. That's amazing. And when you look back at the Ricky Fowler that everyone was concerned about in 2022 and you compare it to Ricky now, I mean, it's like a completely different person. He has played well here before. He finished in a tie for 12 three years ago. And obviously we know the, the troubles that happened after that. But he's the poster child of Rocket Mortgage. They're one of his big sponsors. He's going to have the backing of the fans because everyone loves Ricky. He's going to have, you know, the backing of the sponsor and he'll have a few extra obligations this week, I'm sure. But he's in form. He's feeling confident. He's 14 to 1. I'm, I'm taking him and I'm hoping that it's just going to be the perfect ending, a win for Ricky with a big bow on the top at the Rocket Mortgage this week. Well, I don't blame you. It's been fun watching Ricky come back and it's been a sort of a, a progression. You know, it's not been peaks and valleys. It's just been a sort of one yeah. step, two step, three step. So you're, you're on the right track. Could it be a bigger event? Could it happen at the Open? Could it happen... Uh, it's going to happen, uh, uh, but he is also embroiled into that sort of Saudi deal. We know that Ricky was offered a bunch of money. We've also heard that players have broken off into a separate fraction of the tour now that have got lawyers that are trying to get someone to represent them for when the tour does this deal. So they're in the loop. A lot of guys are really upset that they're doing that because they don't think they should be doing that. But so there's a fair bit of that going on as well, Diane. You have to take fatigue in a little bit. And uh, I understand all that, but Ricky Fowler, as you said, always plays great when he's a sponsor. When he's when he's he's sponsored by this company, and he, he, that that tells you right there he's going to try very hard. And we saw that at Farmers at uh, San Diego at Tory Pines at the start of the year, he finished what top ten. Um, so a little bit of added pressure for him in that sense. But his numbers are so good; he's ninth in strokes gained total on the tour right now, um, ninth in approach, like. 38th in putting um, but as you say it's been consistently good for Ricky it's not like he's had a good week and then some bad weeks going back to you know maybe old habits it's all been very positive and trending up so 
I'm taking him this week. How how can I not? You know me. I love a, I love the good story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also really like Tom Kim. He was my second pick. Um, and Tom Kim, twenty two to one, but he's uh, you know, again, Tom Kim. There was a lot of expectation. Putting four rounds together. Yeah. His opponent is what's letting him down. He's 128, which is in, on the negative side of things. Everything else is okay. Yeah, great uh, total driving and great accuracy. One of the most accurate on tours. So, you know, that's going to be good this week. As you say, getting him in those scoring positions off the tee. So I'm just throwing a little side note of Tom Kim out there. All right. All right. Okay. Well, ones to watch. Um, what do you have? What odds is your guy at this week? Well, I was... I want to go off the ledger a little bit. I've been on such a heater, Diane. Brian Harmon, who I'm a good friend of mine, contributed to Secret Golf and got me tickets for the U.S. Open that I was able to get some people to see him play. He was doing really well in the U.S. Open. He was up there in the top five through two days, finished up about 40th at the end, uh, Finished, came back last week and finished second. But he's got the two stats that I really like. He's got the driving and he's got the putting. 45th and 52 in those two combinations, and he's got a lot of confidence. So normally speaking, uh, I'm, I may or may not take him, depending on the end of my sentence here, but I think, I'm, I, think I am going to take him because uh, he texted me and said, my game is – he was off at Colonial. We spent an hour on the phone talking about ball position and, and his coach that he was working on was – he was doing this and he was checking it with me and we were talking through it and so on and so forth. And since then – He's got himself really comfortable. And the last text he sent me was because I, I told him he won like two and a half million dollars last week, by the way. He wow. said, I'm going to go home and pay off my my ranch. <laughs> so uh, he is feeling super, super Diane. And he said, my game is sitting about as good as I've ever had it. So <laughs> I talked myself back into it. I'm not even going to mention the other player. Okay. Uh, I'm going to let you have that. But I'm going to take Brian Harmon one to watch. I think he's what is his odds? About 40? I think his odds were pretty good, actually, considering he just finished runner-up last week. Brian Harmon at forty-five to one. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, really good, really good. Um, okay, I love that he's going to go pay off his ranch. Just, <laughs> just the. I know. So good, so much money in these days. Wish it was me. <clears throat> yeah, that'd be nice. Okay, well, my. My one to watch is 66 to one. And this name, if you've been following golf over the last few weeks, this is a name that will definitely be on your radar. Ludwig Aberg, who was the real kind of college star. The PGA Tour University takes the, the best college players and they have a ranking throughout the college year. And then the guy that finishes top gets some status on PGA Tour. Um, and Corn Ferry Tour. So Ludwig Aberg was that guy. He just turned pro earlier this month and he's already had two top 25 finishes in his two starts, the RBC Canadian Open and then at the Travellers last week. Um, his two good stats, putts well and off the tee, which as you said, putting and driving going to be key this week. He's kind of like the new kid on the block that everyone's watching. There's a lot of interest in him already because he's He's so good. So hopefully he's going to live up to it. Um, 66 to 1. I thought the odds were great this week for Ludwig Aberg to maybe really make his stamp on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I've been watching him for a couple of years. He's 
Texas Tech guy, number one amateur in the world, just does these eye-popping scores. Like you'll see the 59 pop up. You'll see these, you know, all these crazy numbers. Now, he's a runaway freight train was coming on the tour, Diane, sort of like a Phil Mickelson or, a, you know, someone like that. And it's just getting his getting himself organized, getting used to these courses. Every week is tough for him because he's got to, you know, understand what this course is asking and get on about his business. But he's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I'm taking Ludwig Aberg at 66 to 1, and you have Brian Harmon at 45 to 1. Those are great odds for those guys. And then we move on to our dark horse picks. So they have to be over 100 to 1. I found my guy at 300 to 1 this week. Um, well, lay, lay it on me. You want it? Okay, well. <laughs> This guy, the odds are so high because he is having a terrible year, right? There's there's no other way for me to put it. He had a good finish at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, the team event, but the last cut he made in a solo event, which is every other event on the PGA Tour, was the Sony Open in Hawaii in January. So he's having a really bad run of things right now and the stats are horrific. So we're throwing all of that out the window completely this week. <laughs> and do, I, you, do you, you not remember our formula that uh, 83% of the yeah, uh, carry on? Yeah, but I mean, I was going to say, how often does it come from the dark horse? But uh, Nate Lashley was the exception <laughs> to that. Only once in the last uh, five years, but go well, on, go on. It only takes one time. Yeah. This, when we talk about horses for courses and we talk about Detroit Golf Club, then this is the guy, okay? So as I said, terrible form, no stats. This is the fifth year the tournament has been held here. And in the last three, he's finished eighth, 14th and second. <laughs> so he plays really well at this course. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So he's coming back to a place desperately searching for something. And he obviously feels very familiar and comfortable around here. His game suits the course. Not only that, but he has a family connection here in that some of his family live in Detroit. And his cousin is the women's basketball coach at the University of Detroit Mercy. So I'm going with... he's pregnant. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Troy Merritt at 300 to 1. That's a great story you've knitted together there, Diane. I, I love guys that go to courses and play well on it. And I know it's true because when you stand on the tee and you know exactly what to do on that hole, and there was there was t- courses that I played on tour that, and there were certain holes that I uh, didn't like. And I would trick myself and I would pretend that I was on my third hole of champions, which I never miss a drive. I know exactly how to do it. And I would pretend on that hard hole that I was on my third hole and I would trick myself. I'm not saying that's what Troy Merritt does, but he knows exactly what he's doing on this golf course because he's proved it in the last three years. 301 is a great little thing. I'm writing this down so I remember it. He had an ace last year at the tournament as well. So, and when you like look up, anything to do with the the rocket mortgage from last year obviously everyone spoke about Tony Fino and that was the Netflix episode he filmed but everyone was big Troy Merritt held the lead and had an ace so 
it was, you know, he's going to go back there. The fans are going to love him because they had such a great moment with him last year. And yeah, as you say, he's going to stand on the tee and feel comfortable. And he needs a spark desperately. Desperately. What is he on the FedEx? One, four, seven. Okay, so he's got to be thinking, if I just do what I normally do at this course, I'm going to be safe next year's job. I'm going to finish top 10 and off I go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's uh, as you, as we were just talking about, like it is a, it's that time where the pressure's on. Top seventy for yeah. him will be, you know, he's not got that immediate pressure on himself in the top seventy because I'm sure he's realistic. But the one twenty five, he's got until the end of the year to to get that sewn up. We saw it happen, Diane. We saw Zach Blair last week finish second out of nowhere, been on a medical exemption, got in last week was out playing different golf courses. He built a golf course down in Georgia, been selling memberships. He played Wingfoot and all these other courses before he got to Hartford and finished second. Now he's back on tour. Okay, my third, uh, my one to watch, Diane, is the best stats on the board for 100 to 1. I'm going that direction. Okay. This guy is 55th total strokes gain. So at 100 to 1, I don't think you'll ever see a guy with this kind of combination uh, of strokes gain where he's in the positive all the way across the board at 100 to 1. I'm talking about Adam Adam Spenson, who is, as I said, 38th on the FedEx. Hasn't been playing that well, but i got to think, Diane, he's looking for a little bit of a run here. He's He's got the stats to back it up. Every week his stats are getting a little better. As I said, I'm looking at what he's done in the last seven weeks. Nothing really that's going to be popping out at me um, at all, but I'm going with him, 100 to 1. Yeah, I picked him a few weeks ago. I can't remember for what tournament it was, but um, yeah, he's one of those guys that you've always got one eye on. Like you're not surprised when you see him creeping up that leaderboard. So yeah, good, yeah. great odds. You know, there were some weird odds this week, but um, Svensson at 100 to 1 is a really, really great find, especially because when we did our re-ranking, as you say, he was the highest. He actually ranked out at number 17 when we put it all together, and he's 100 to 1, so really good. I like it. Now, <coughs> there's a big meeting tomorrow here, Diane. I don't know if... Jay Monaghan, I don't know if you have any more information from your brother who was on the board. Also, Live Golf is back in action at Valderrama. I've been to Valderrama. It's one of the most interesting and tremendous courses, greatest places I've ever been in Spain. Uh, courses just littered with these cork trees. They're everywhere. And when you hit your ball, you almost every time you hit your second shot, you've got to curve around a cork tree. And if you, it, it's just the most unusually awesome course you've ever seen. They had the Ryder Cup there, of course. Uh, tons of world events and probably one of the best courses in Europe we're going to get to look at uh, this week as well, if you're inclined to spread out your thinking a little bit. And if this is going to be a combination of these two leagues, Diane, will you be checking out the Live Tournament at Valderrama this week? Well, that's the thing. It's not really like one or the other now because they're all going to be under the same umbrella eventually. Um yeah, I just had a look at the odds very quickly, if you want me to tell you, because when you think of Valderrama, Spain, Sergio Garcia is going to be the name that springs to mind. He's 12 to 1 this week. Cameron Smith, 8 to 1. Kepka's 10 to 1. DJ's 12 to 1 as well. Um, Joaquin Neiman, 18 to 1. Mito Pereira, 16 to 1. So, but yeah, um, 
the, the I, they've obviously they're going to have to go and explain this new entity to the U.S. government, and they've been called up. Jay Monahan, Yasser, and Greg Norman included in the list as well of the guys that are going to have to go and sit in front of a, a U.S. government board and. Um, go through everything little by little. Who knows what's going to come from the meeting? Every time they've had these meetings, like the one last week, nobody was any the wiser of anything going on. So are we going to learn anything? Probably not. Players are very unsettled. They don't know what's happening. They know they have to keep their head nose to the grindstone and do as best they can on the golf. Uh, they don't know what's on the horizon, what's looking, what's, what's happening. So, uh, we don't know. We're just going to have to wait because nobody has been able to tell us exactly what's going to happen. But do you think it's maybe easier for them now just to focus on playing their golf and moving up and getting their number as great as it can be? Because if if they don't know what's going on, they can't really involve themselves with it too much. Well, the, the tour, once they, you know, when Liv came around and, and then the tour decided to go to the elevated advance, they drew a number in the sand that said, hey, if you're in the top 70, you're going to make a ton of money. And if you're outside the top 70, too bad you need to play better so unfortunately um when they use that term as rory did uh recently um it's unfortunate because there's not enough room for 70 there's only 70 going to get in the 70 and let's face it we, we can look we look at the sheet every week there's 70 guys are not going to get in the top 70. Yeah. one may jump up for a couple of weeks and back and forth but there's players at the top that are better so uh, you know, Diane, if I would, if it was me out there, I'd be just grinding on my game, trying to do as good as I can this week. Yeah, kind of try and ignore everything else that's going on. All right, well, that was our tour report for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Next week, it's the John Deere, and then the guys are overseas. We have the Genesis Scottish Open and then the Open Championship as well. So we've got a really fun stretch of golf coming up. Uh, thank you for watching and for listening to The Tour Report and we'll be back next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.